Would you open God's precious holy word to the Revelation chapter 8? The seventh seal. We know at this point that the middle of the tribulation has been passed and the world will have entered into the great tribulation. The chronology of things, however, gets a little fuzzy. We don't have that much detail with regard to time except in a couple of places. But we could, by the time we get here, we, we could be uh, five, six, eight months, a year into the last half of the tribulation. Just don't know. But we know this much from what we've already studied. The world is reeling from the judgments of God that have fallen with the first six seals. A large percentage of the population of the earth has died. Apparently, practically all of the tribulation saints, it's, it's hard to determine just how many, but a great portion of the tribulation saints have died. We saw, it, we saw them in two companies. The tribulation saints who died in the first half of the tribulation saints. And then we were introduced to, the, to those who have come out of great tribulation, the great tribulation saints. So let's look at the, the Revelation chapter 8 and consider now the seventh seal. The first thing we notice when that seal is broken open, the seventh of the seven seals is the deafening silence. Verses 1 and 2. And when he opened the seventh seal, that is when the Lord Christ, the lamb who is worthy to open, who is, has the ability to open it, the one who is the rightful owner of, of, uh, of the description of what's there, the rightful owner of earth and all that's in it, as well as the universe, this deed, the last seal is broken when he opened the seventh seal. Now here's what that means. All of the terms with regard to the redemption of everything that's been lost are now exposed. The price, the expanse of what is involved. Now at this point in time, in heaven, there is an unnumbered multitude of angels. Included in those angels are, of course, the four living ones, the cherubim, the 24 elders, representative, in my view, of the raptured and resurrected church, the masses of the church now glorified, having been raptured and resurrected. In their, in their resurrection bodies. Tribulation saints from both the first and second part of the tribulation. Uh, 
So you have all these, all of these beings in heaven who have been making a lot of noise since we first started reading in the Revelation. They have, they have been shouting. There have been thunders and lightnings and there have been, there's been a voice like a, like a, a the mighty waters and uh, the shout of the cherubim and the loud, the loud voice from an angel that pierced the universe and the praise that is lifted up from saints and angels alike. Uh, the new song that was sung all the way through, there's just been a lot of noise in, in heaven. But now... The title deed is completely open. That which was lost, how it was lost, and the terms of its redemption. With the last seal being broken, what is about to happen for the remaining months on planet Earth is revealed. And even though we've had the book of the Revelation and we've been able to study these things, yet still, obviously, the information that is gained by those who are in heaven is staggering. What was lost? How it was lost? And the great, great price of redemption. A new lesson entirely from anything we had ever considered as saints and, and even as angels. So staggering that all of this noise in heaven stops. This seventh seal is broken open. That thing is laid out flat. Everybody can see it. And everybody just shuts up. Silence in heaven for about half an hour. The somber, sobering reality of paradise lost and regained. What it cost in losing it the great cost of redeeming it. The terms, the, the, the eternity of it all. Easily seen now is the truth that only the lamb was worthy. Nobody else in heaven, on earth, under the earth. Nobody Worthy to open those seals. And now the whole thing is seen. Silence in heaven for about half an hour to contemplate what is about to happen to planet earth. To all of those who are down there, the earth dwellers. And for all that's happening, for all the preaching, the 144,000, the two witnesses, the angel in midheaven, and the testimony that was left behind even by the church. For all of the teaching and preaching and outreaching and everything else, yet so many of the multitudes of planet Earth will not repent. 
and seeing the complete price and the end of the thing on that exposed, now opened scroll causes all of heaven to stand in stunned silence for about half an hour. You know, there is a measure of time and it's the measure of time of people like we have it now. There is a measure of time in heaven. I cannot speak to the new heaven and new earth. I don't know about that. But I listened to the testimony of a man one time on one of these, it's been many years ago, one of these far out TV uh, shows, Christian shows. And he, had, he was supposed to have died and he was in heaven. No, I'm sorry, it was a woman. Actually, it was a woman. And uh, she was a piano player and she said there was music, but there was no, there was no beating to the time. Because there was no time in heaven. Well, I just flipped the switch when that happened. She, she violated the scripture. You know, the Bible says that the fruit of the trees of life, a different fruit every month. Now, the, a month is a measure of time. And we understand. Well, here, John's there. And he says, in heaven for about half an hour. There's a measure of time. So about 30 minutes passed. Everyone in stunned silence who were there, both angels and saints, even as noisy as the cherubim have been, there's nothing to say. There's nothing to do. There is no flutter of the wings. No shout of the voice. There is no amen. There is no hallelujah. To consider the great price that is being paid. The great wrath that's being poured out because now the seventh seal gives way to, to seven trumpets, which the last of the trumpets gives way to the seven bowls of wrath. And the horror of the judgments that come forth from God is unimaginable. And it cannot be, it cannot be imagined. It only has to be Witnessed in that time, and that's why, even in heaven, for, for all of the saints who had been there, and I don't know how much Bible study we do when we're in heaven after rapture and, uh, and resurrection. I don't know what all has been taking place. Probably the marriage supper of the Lamb has worked in there somewhere. And yet, for all that we may think we know at that point in time, yet here we come to this stark reality of what we would think of as the consummation of the age. And horrors that cannot be imagined when the wrath of God falls and the price is paid to take back from the thief, from the usurper, what he has tried to steal and take. Silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the angels who stand before God. Now these are, by theologians, these are referred to as the presence angels. 
the angels who are in the presence of God all the time. One of them is named in Luke, early on in Luke. His name is Gabriel. He says, I have come, and he's also talked about in the book of Daniel, I have come from the presence of the Lord to bring this message, to talk to you. So one of them is Gabriel. There's six others. I saw the angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them. So it is theologically correct to say that Gabriel has a trumpet. One of the presence angels. And now they are, they are, they are given trumpets. Since time immemorial, they've, they've, they've never, apparently never been given these trumpets, these, these special trumpets that have such power that when they are blown one after the other, each one brings a new, a different, a more terrible judgment of God upon the earth dwellers. So there is deafening silence in heaven for about 30 minutes. And then in that silence, seven presence angels quietly step forth from the presence of God and receive each one a trumpet. Not only was there deafening silence when the seventh seal is broken, but also the prayers of the saints are especially noticed. And another angel came. When I translated it, I left out the word angel, but it's another angel. Angelus came and stood at the altar having a golden censer and much incense was given to him. We learn in the Bible that the tabernacle and later the temple are patterned after the real thing in heaven. In the tabernacle, there was the brass altar where sin was dealt with. You couldn't get into the tabernacle without first dealing with sin. And then it was a job of the priesthood in the timely fashion prescribed to take the censer. It's kind of like a curved pan with some incense already there and go and retrieve some of the fire from the brass altar and put it in there. And now when the fire, when the hot coals touched the incense, it began to, it began to ascend as smoke. It was a sweet smelling smoke. Had a special a mixture of, of gums and spices. So this was what he was to do. And he did this at the prescribed time when the people were praying. As a matter of fact, in Luke, uh, Zechariah, the, the, the father of John the Baptist, this was, 
by, he drew the lot, they drew lots, the, the priesthood did. And so it was his time to do this, to take the incense and, and move in to the, to the inner part. And this was where the other altar was. It was a golden altar, brass altar, golden altar. And the golden altar is where the incense was placed and the smoke would ascend and the understanding was this was like the prayers of the saints. This was the prayers of God's people ascending into the nostrils of God. Thus the prayers were a sweet smelling savor. The incense was, was Christ, the essence of Christ. So the prayers are added to that and when it gets up to the nostrils of God... It's a sweet smelling thing. Now this is in heaven. So this other angel came and he probably was one of who are called the angel priests. There are seven angels in the temple. We get there in a few chapters. In the temple that is in heaven. The temple in heaven is where the seven bowls are. And they're the bowls of wrath. And they've been getting filled up over the period of man's history. And finally, when the last one is filled up, one after another, they're poured out on planet Earth, the bowls of wrath, the seven of them. He comes forth from where he was, takes the golden censer, much incense that was given to him, applies the fire, and he offers it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar before the throne. It says, Hagion Panton. All the saints. Hagion. Saints. Well, Ton Hagion. Of the saints and then Panton. All. All of them. You may not realize how powerful your prayers are. But this little passage that we're looking at tonight makes us understand how powerful the prayers of saints are. Our prayers are offered up. The essence of Christ is applied to it. It's taken into heaven's golden altar and before the throne. And the smoke of the incense went up with the prayers of the saints out of the hand of the angel before God. Now go back up. It says prayers of all the saints. Now the last time we saw this, we were looking at the spirits of the tribulation saints who were the, came out of the first part of the tribulation. And they were crying out how long they were under the altar they were clothed in white robes and they would say, how long until you avenge our blood? And this was the great prayer that was offered by that multitude who had been, who had been brought into heaven having been killed and martyred when the, what, the fifth seal was broken. And they ask, they ask the question, how long? 
When will the vengeance fall? Remember God had said, even from back in the Old Testament, vengeance is mine. I'm going to repay, says Yahweh. And so they asked the question, sincerely, the earth is falling apart. Those who express belief in Christ are just being slaughtered and killed, mistreated. And here we are, not yet resurrected. How long until you avenge? Now those prayers, added to those prayers, are the prayers of all of the saints. All the prayers of all of the saints. Now, how far back? That goes all the way back into the Old Testament time for sure. And the prayers of the saints, you know, the Lord said, you pray like this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. So when we pray, if we pray for the will of the Lord as well we should, it gets translated into the right way that it's supposed to be offered to the Lord and the, and the people of God of all the ages, the saints of God, are offering the prayer that finally comes into the presence of the Lord. And this, this cumulative prayer is that the will of God be expressed and that finally, finally the kingdom of God will be established. And the only way that it can happen is for the wrath of God to fall and for the vengeance of God to come upon the earth. So all the saints' prayers of all the ages, here they come. And these, pray, these, these prayers from all times and all saints are placed into the incense and they come before God. Now, these prayers become weaponized. Just like you go to bed tonight, you... Whatever, you're going to say your prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this. Pray that you watch over our family and help our nation. Keep us safe from harm. Oh, God, meet our needs according to your riches and glory. Father, we long for the return of Christ, for the establishment of your kingdom, and may your will be done in all things. But I tell you, at this point... All of these prayers put together become powerful weapons that are about to be discharged and thrown down like powerful missiles from heaven. Let's look at it. The angel took the censer, filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it to the earth. There were thunders and rumblings and flashes of lightning and an earthquake. The prayers of the saints falling upon planet earth and all of the earth dwellers have brought to earth horrific ecological changes. Changes in the topography, changes in the weather, changes in everything that one could imagine in every way on a scale unknown to man and an earthquake. The very fact 
that the Holy Spirit of God would note an earthquake, something that John would write about, tells us that this was a tremendous earthquake. There's going to be another one later on. So the earth is shaking once again. And a thunderstorm from heaven is falling everywhere. A lightning storm from heaven. Rumblings from heaven. Unlike anything that anyone has ever seen in human history. People now are terrified. Struck by lightning. Caught up in flash floods. Collapsing into crevices and cracks in the earth. Where the earthquake is making its way all over the place. These are the prayers. These are the prayers of the saints. Weaponized and cast to the earth. That is the signal now. There's been silence in heaven. That is the signal now for these angels to report for duty. And the seven angels, having the seven trumpets, prepared themselves. You ever seen anybody who's getting ready to blow a trumpet? You know, they flutter. Well, there's still silence, except for those seven angels. Now, do they breathe? Or can they, just, can they just never stop in their practice? See, these things, these, this shows you how twisted my mind is. I just think about these things. They're preparing themselves. They're looking at their new trumpets. And they're licking lips and doing their thing. Getting ready. One trumpet will blow. Does the angel have to stop and take a breath? I kind of doubt it. The next trumpet blows. Do they ever stop? Does the first angel stop when the second angel starts? Doesn't say they do. So the blare of the trumpet goes and then the second trumpet goes and then the third. And these things seem to happen quickly. One right after the other. Until finally the blare of the seventh trumpet will call for the opening up of the temple that is in heaven and one after another of the bowls of wrath to be poured out on planet earth. Nobody has ever seen anything like this has ever experienced anything like this. This is the wrath of God. You know, sometimes, I don't know if they still do this or not because there's such a disbelief in God, but they used to, even in insurance policies, an act of God. Shoot, you don't know what an act of God is until you see God pour his wrath out And take back that which someone dared to steal away from him or try to steal away from him. All that is his, not just planet earth, but the whole universe. 
as well. So now stepping up and out, receiving their trumpets, haven't been quiet, nobody's saying a thing. And now they begin to prepare. And you and I are standing together and we'll say, oh, this is it, man. This is it. We've never heard anything like this. Trumpet after trumpet. Judgment after judgment. Screams and cries. Unbelievable pressure. Death. Fires. The water turning to blood. The world economy crashing. No one able to do a thing. The Antichrist calls for all of his troops to gather that they might defeat the returning Christ. Mm. No wonder we are silent in heaven for 30 minutes. Let's pray. Lord, somehow I don't think it's that far away because we already see shades of these things happening in our lives, in our lifetimes. We thank you for the promise of the blessed hope that is ours, that in Christ we are caught away and caught up from all of these things, knowing that the apostle has taught us that we are not destined for wrath. And so, Father, we thank you and praise you for who you are and what you are about to do. That the kingdom may at last come. And that the righteousness of heaven might be restored and paradise might be regained. Thank you for your grace and your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.